0: Um, This morning, we are talking about ordinary, extraordinary people, which the um, the drama we've just had expressed really beautifully. We're going to start by reading our scripture. Oh, look at that, there's a monitor. Oh, this is very exciting. Sorry, technology. (laughs) Little things, they please me greatly, obviously. The priest and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to John and Peter while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people, proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They seized John and Peter, Peter and John, and because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. But many who heard the message believed, so the number of men who believed grew to 5,000. The next day, the rulers and the elders and the teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Annas, the high priest, was there and so was Cephas, John, Alexander and others of the high priest's family. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them, By what power or what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness, shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed then know this you and all the people of israel it is by the name of jesus of nazareth whom you crucified but whom god raised from the dead that this man stands before you healed jesus is the stone you builders rejected which has become the cornerstone Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin and then conferred together. What are we going to do with these men, they asked. Everyone living in Jerusalem knows they have performed a notable sign, and we cannot deny it. But to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn them no longer to speak to anyone in this name. Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him. You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. After further threats, they let them go. They could not decide how to punish them because all the people were praising God for what had happened. For the man who was miraculously healed was over 40 years old. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. When they had heard this, when they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the people plot in vain? The kings of earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. The place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Great scripture. So we are moving on. We've been, I feel we have been with Peter and John now for quite some time. We've been there at the Gate Beautiful, and this man who is over 40 years old has been healed. The guys have gone into the temple and they have preached and people have been coming to know Jesus so that as it says at the beginning of our scripture that over 5,000 men, plus women and children and everybody else that didn't count, (laughs) came to know and understand and become followers of Christ because the Holy Spirit was in Peter and flooded through the room where they were, so that it convicted people, so that they understood more about the depth and the reality of Jesus. And today, our story picks up again in the temple. So the guys have just finished, Peter's finished telling everybody, and the chief, the the Sadducees, the rulers, the, the religious leaders are all a bit frightened. Because they thought they'd been done with this whole Jesus thing. Jesus, they executed him. He was dead. And now people are speaking in his name, doing the same kind of miracles, the same kind of signs and wonders that Jesus himself had been doing. This, this needed to be stopped. So they came with the temple guard and arrested Peter and John and threw them in prison. And I imagine that as the rumours about Jesus being seen, risen from the dead, as the rumours of more and more people coming to know Christ abounded, they were really slightly more than distressed. Now, I don't know about you, I don't fancy the idea of being thrown into prison for a night. I imagine prison back in the days of Peter and John was possibly a more unpleasant place even than it is today. And yet, it doesn't seem to phase Peter and John at all, does it? As soon as they get up, they're before the people, and Peter, just filled with the Holy Spirit, starts to speak. But I imagine that for them, the words of Jesus are still ringing in their ears. It says in John, If you find the godless world is hating you, remember it it, it got its start by hating me. If you lived on the world's terms, the world would love you as one of its own. But since I picked you to live on God's terms and no longer on the world's terms, the world is going to hate you. When that happens, remember this. Servants don't get a better treatment than their masters. If they, did, if they beat on me, then they will certainly beat on you. If they did what I told them, they will do what you tell them. They're going to do all these things to you because of the way they treated me because they don't know the one who sent me. Jesus is saying, expect for yourselves what happened to me. Not a few months before, Jesus had been arrested at night, and thrown in prison, and beaten, and executed. I imagine that Peter and John, that night, had the very feeling that maybe this might be their last night on earth. Because what happened to Jesus, Jesus had told them, is more than likely to happen to you. And yet, and yet, they stand up. And Peter is filled with the Holy Spirit. And he begins to speak once again. Very clearly telling them about the risen Jesus. This is not the Peter that a few weeks ago was denying that he even knew Jesus. This is the Peter now filled with the Holy Spirit, knowing that this could be the day on which he dies, telling people about the life that there is in Jesus Christ. And it says the rulers were confused. I would imagine they were confused on many levels. I think if I'd thrown people in prison for the night, I would be expecting them to be begging for their lives not standing there declaring that Jesus is good, that he's God, and that he is the only way on this earth to find salvation. When they saw the courage of Peter and John, it says that they were shocked that they were unschooled, ordinary men, and they took note because these men had been with Jesus. And here we see two, Ordinary men, as Barry and Emma so clearly put it, fisher folk, possibly just um, suited to being fish and chip men, not suited to be world changers. Two men, one of whom was a hothead, who said ridiculous things. I always feel a little bit happy that Peter was one of the disciples, because sometimes I say ridiculous things. And yet... There they are, proclaiming Jesus boldly, seeing 5,000 people coming to know him, him, to love him, to understand the truth in one day. The Bible is full of flawed human beings. I love this slide. There's one I spent far too much time on Pinterest, but you know, Noah was a drunk, Abraham was too old, Isaac. I can't read them here. It was a daydreamer. Jacob was a liar. Leah apparently was ugly, bless her heart. Joseph was abused. Moses had a stuttering problem. Gideon was afraid. Rahab was a prostitute. You can read them all. Lazarus, he was dead. (laughs) If you ever think that God can't use you, you have to look simply at the scripture. And you know that there is no one that Jesus cannot use. There is no one that God cannot use because if God can use Lazarus and he was dead, then you know at least you lot are still breathing. Fair play. The thing the thing that they saw about Peter and John was that these men had been with Jesus. And the truth is that the people can tell about us when we've been spending time with Jesus too. The things that they can note about us some days is that we've been with Jesus, we've spent time in prayer, we've spent time in the Bible, we've spent time with each other fellowshipping, we've spent time here worshipping with Jesus. And that's the thing that people note, That's the first thing that changes ordinary people, is that they spend time with Jesus. And then he can do extraordinary things through us, even in the most difficult of times. Peter and John had been arrested for, as they state it, an act of kindness. They reached out their hands, they lifted a guy up. It was an act of kindness to heal this guy that had been lame. He was over 40 years old. I recognize this. I'm over 40 years old. That's a long time to not walk. In their day, far more than half their lifetime. It was an act of kindness. They were ordinary men who gave what they had in their hand and saw God do an amazing thing. Ordinary people doing miraculous things. But I think we see from this story very clearly, if we expect that we spend time with Jesus and we do miraculous things, that we then expect life to be the most wonderful thing on earth. I think from this story, we probably see that that isn't the case. I don't think you can get much prosperity theory, theology out of this. What it says here is that he did a really kind thing in the name of Jesus and then got thrown into prison. But it's about having Jesus with us, doing acts of kindness and miracles, being filled with the Holy Spirit, and then having the strength to go home and rejoice and cope. The guys went back, they got released. What did they do? They spent the time in prayer. I mean, they were probably glad they weren't dead. But apart from that, they went and they said, look, God did this amazing miracle. 5,000 men and all the other people that didn't count came to know Jesus today. We're still alive. Woo! But that's not... I think some of us might have come home and gone... Do you know what? They threw us in prison last night and it was a little bit stressful. It's a perspective thing, isn't it? It's a perspective thing. And the ability to be able to rejoice in our suffering, to rejoice in our everyday, to rejoice in the moments when we don't really want to rejoice. It's different. It's a different kind of mindset. Romans 5 says, Therefore, since we have been justified because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. They went home and they rejoiced in their sufferings. They rejoiced in the good bits. oh well, God had done, but they rejoiced through the difficulties, knowing, as Jesus had said, that every time they do this, this is most likely to happen and one day, probably, will end in them dying. Ordinary people who do extraordinary things, and that is what you and I are called to be. So people who stand with God, who love Jesus, who spend time with Jesus in the Word, in prayer, in worship, in every way, and who allow themselves to be filled with the Holy Spirit that's a strange phrase, to allow yourself to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We believe that when we become Christians, we are filled with the Holy Spirit. When we're baptized, we're filled with the Holy Spirit. Sorry, that's a great notion, but that's going to mean nothing to the people online, waving the arms around up and down for baptized. Yeah. Move on, Sarah. (sighs) Say ridiculous things. See, I feel like Peter in this moment. I'm saying a few ridiculous things, but it's all good. But we should invite, scripture says, the Holy Spirit to fill us daily. And the more we are filled, the more we are transformed to be like him, the more we can be these ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Barry and Emma showed us. It's the weak, it's the foolish, it's the unloved, unwashed, uneducated that God chooses. The church is full of broken people getting it wrong. And that's okay because that's the way God started it out. That's the way it was a few months later when they were in the temple. That's the way it's been through the last 2,000 years. If you don't feel qualified because you're broken, I'm very sorry. If I was setting up the church, this isn't necessarily how I would have done it. There are days where you put your hands in head in your hands and go, God, seriously, seriously, this is your church, this is what you want to use? And he goes, yes, because he is in love with us, broken, foolish, crazy individuals. We are ordinary people, but each one of us can do extraordinary things. The other thing that strikes me about this passage is that um, they go home and they tell everybody about what happened. And all they say when they pray about the Sadducees, the rulers, the temple guard is, consider what they've done. There's no anger. There's no, God, it's so unjust, smite them. There's no asking for retribution. There's just, consider what they've done and we'll glorify you anyway. I think sometimes we, we hold on to stuff a bit too tightly and God would have us release the people we believe who have wronged, uh, wronged, wronged us, yes, sinned against us, who have done stuff wrong to us, the people who we just wanna punch in the face. Release them to him rather than punching people in the face, it's not a good thing to do. We need to Be like the early church and give the people to God. Forgiveness is a wonderful thing. Forgiveness is our gift to other people. Moving on is our gift to ourselves. We forgive other people and then we move on. After they prayed, so they chose the way of forgiveness. They prayed. They glorified God. They said, let's do this thing your way. Jesus, you're amazing. And the place they were meeting in was shaken and filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God boldly. They said, this stuff's going to happen, but we want to speak the word of God boldly. We want to do signs and wonders. We want to do miracles. We want to still see you do amazing things even though they'd been in prison for the night, even though there were threats. So you and I, ordinary people, nothing special, just folk, broken in our own little ways. But we each have the potential to do extraordinary things. If we spend time with Jesus and looked to be filled with the Holy Spirit, It won't necessarily make all the difficulties in your life go away. In fact, it most definitely won't make the difficulties in your life go away. But it will transform you. It will make you shine. And as you are transformed, the lives of the people around you will be transformed. As you rejoice in God and live in hope and live in love, We will see hope and love transform our families, transform our schools, transform our workplaces, our colleges, our town. We are chosen to be God's hands and feet and there is no way in which you have to be special to be used. You don't have to have been Christian very long. Often it's a disadvantage to have been a Christian a long time. Often it's the best thing in the world to have been a Christian just a few minutes because you've never been disappointed, never had to learn how to be mature and all those lovely other words that that grown-ups use. You don't have to have read your Bible all the way through once, twice, 15 times. You don't have to fulfill any of the goals you have set yourself to be good enough. You don't have to pray every day, have a Bible study every week. You don't have to do any of those things. God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. As Jan says, if you only knew what you could do, then you would do it. But because we don't know what we can do, we don't do it. But if we don't try, then we never do anything. God prevent me from ever having such a safe life that nothing ever happens. We talk about safety and security a lot, but sometimes I think we go a little bit too far so that we never do anything. Transformation, it's available. But it's also a choice. And I guess the choice that God wants to put in front of us all is do we want it? Because it's actually... He doesn't make us do anything. We choose to be transformed. We choose to put ourselves next to Jesus. We choose to ask for daily infilling of the Holy Spirit. Do we want a radical lifestyle? Or is this just good enough, nice enough for a Sunday? I'm sure every one of us would like to see the gateway shaken. But would each one of us want to be filled with the Holy Spirit afterwards so that we could speak God's word boldly and do signs and wonders? Marvellous. But that's not everybody shouting. Toby wants it more than the world. <laughs> but sometimes we're spectators. God wants us to be involved. Joe loves the phrase going all in. Do we want to be all in? Are we Prepared to take a leap of faith and watch as our wings grow on the way down. Do we want to be all in? Because there is always that concern that we will go, what on earth have we gotten ourselves into? Do we want to be all in? Um, Musicians, can I get you to come back onto the stage? No? No? (laughs) (laughs) thought for a minute they weren't coming don't want to sit here and have me lead worship that would be a bad thing right now if I'm going to stand up you've all got to stand up too now because this will be more tricky for me than it will be for you right let's stand up together ordinary people ordinary broken people some of us don't stand up very well. <laughs> We're all broken in our own little way. Ordinary, extraordinary people. I'm going to pray and I'm going to ask that if you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit more so that you can be an ordinary person doing extraordinary thing, that you simply show God that you want to do that by putting out your hands. I'm not gonna ask you to do anything complicated or difficult. It's just a physical manifestation, a physical action that we do to show that we wanna we wanna engage. We wanna be all in. We wanna choose. Or we wanna be a little in, you know, I suppose one hand is half in. I don't know. So yeah. Holy Spirit, <laughs> Holy Spirit, we don't want to spectate. We want to be, be filled with your presence, with your life. Holy Spirit, you were the one who raised Jesus from the dead, and your spirit is alive in us, at work in us. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come and fall upon us, that you would well up within us, and that you would transform these ordinary people with your extraordinary grace and your extraordinary power so we can do extraordinary things. Lord, we want to speak your word more boldly. We want to see you perform signs and wonders in our midst and in our town We wanna see transformation. Lord, give us courage where we're afraid. Help us to be kind when we see the person in need. Help us to be kind, more loving, to be more like Jesus. Help us to take a leap of faith and be more like you. We give you permission, Lord God, to do your signs and wonders through us. We ask that you would transform us and work through us through your grace. Amen.